You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook, where we post all of our content. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers. The podcast for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. And the what is the biggest what that's happened in Green Bay in a long time. First, it was the Packers losing to the worst team in football, 20-17, to in a disappointing loss on Sunday. And under normal circumstances, I would have a ton to say about that. I was asked, are you going to be heated on Locked on Packers again? And you know what I said? I said no, because this team is is not going to put in the effort, so I'm not going to put in the effort. If they're not going to show any passion and fire, then I'm not going to show any passion and fire. But then something happened, something incredible. And I don't even mean that in a good way. I mean truly incredible. It left me incredulous. Mark Murphy decided on Sunday evening that Mike McCarthy would no longer be the head coach of the Green Bay Packers, not starting in January, not starting on Black Monday, starting immediately. Joe Philbin is the new coach, the interim coach of the Green Bay Packers. And so there is an absolutely enormous amount to unpack here. But I want to start with something that I think is really, really important. And that is some perspective about the career that Mike McCarthy had. And we're going to have plenty of time to talk about this and talk about his successor and what Green Bay is going to look for and who are the candidates best suited to replace him in Green Bay. What we're not going to talk a lot about is the game because the game is mostly meaningless. It is a continuation of so many of the problems this team has had all year. They had a chance to win the game late or at least tie the game late. They couldn't do it. They had a chance to get a stop late on third and long. They couldn't do it. They had a chance to score more points than they did. They couldn't do it. And all of those shortcomings are the reason Mike McCarthy is no longer in charge at 1265 Lombardi Avenue. But again, let me come back to this. Mike McCarthy is going to go down as the best. Right now, he's the best coach in NFC North history. And you may say, okay, that's semantic because the NFC North has only been around since 2002. Okay, four teams play in that division, and they've done that for the better part of two decades. And the best coach over that span by a mile is Mike McCarthy. Just just look at the resume. Four conference championship games, a Super Bowl title, two MVP quarterbacks, and nearly a third. If, if Brett Favre in 2007 does what he does in a year that isn't, 07 when Tom Brady threw for 50 touchdowns and the Patriots went 16-0 in the regular season. Brett Favre is the MVP again. 
and and Mike McCarthy gets even more credit for rejuvenating his career. And Mike McCarthy played an enormous role in creating the Aaron Rodgers that we know and watch and, and relish today. That Mike McCarthy, the Mike McCarthy that was on track to set a new consecutive playoff appearance record. The same Mike McCarthy that said, we don't hang banners for division titles in Green Bay. The same coach that said, we're nobody's underdog. The coach that was a perfect cultural fit for Green Bay, its fans, its organization, its organizational structure. The coach that coaxed maximum performance out of players like Jordy Nelson and Greg Jennings and Aaron Rodgers and Randall Cobb that helped shepherd in a a historic run of mid-round offensive linemen, turned turned offensive tackles into Pro Bowl guards. James Campen, as Jason Hershorn uh, illuminated for us last week, played a big role in that. But Mike McCarthy is there. This is his offense. He oversaw this offense. He helped Joe Philbin get a head coaching job. He helped Ben McAdoo get a head coaching job. And this is an unprecedented run of success. Mike Holmgren cannot match the consistent success over the length of time that Mike McCarthy has in Green Bay. And, And that's not to say that there aren't faults there are. The waiting too long to move on from Dom Capers, being too loyal to players like A.J. Hawk, and and not insisting that, that this team move forward, and not successfully adapting this offense to Aaron Rodgers, not being able to keep Rodgers engaged in what's going on in this team, not being able to push this offense into the modern NFL, not keeping up with the Joneses as it were. Those are all also part of his legacy and are why he is no longer in Green Bay. What I want to keep perspective of here is Mike McCarthy was a tremendous coach and an ambassador for this program, for this franchise that is unmatched in modern Packers history, even more, I would say, than Mike Holmgren, who was seen as a West Coast guy who was seen as the 49ers guy. He eventually moved on to Seattle and relished coming back to Lambeau to beat the Packers. History has has changed a little bit with Holmgren. And despite the fact that he was the guy to recapture the glory of Green Bay, he did not belong to the Packers in the same way that McCarthy did because McCarthy embraced being the Packers coach in a way that, that maybe no other candidate would have. And I wrote this for Acme Packing Company yesterday. Vince Lombardi would have been proud of the coach that Mike McCarthy was and is. And that is to say nothing of what happened this season because he was put in a difficult position. I think Kevin Seifert pointed it out perfectly. And I wish I had mentioned this on the podcast because I had been feeling this way. And I had mentioned it to some friends privately but had not really put it on wax, as it were, even though this podcast is recorded digitally and not on wax. But is it more respectful? And I I had hinted at this, but is it more respectful for an organization to make a coach play out the string of four games that essentially mean nothing 
a guy that is respected within the organization among players. Mike Zimmer for the Vikings said he thought this was a mistake. TJ Lang chimed in, who plays for a rival team, saying Mike McCarthy you know, is going to be fine and, and, and should get a lot of opportunities. He's a really good coach, et cetera, et cetera. That guy, that guy who is so respected within the league for what he's done, clearly had no longer been respected in the locker room. Randall Cobb was asked after the game if Mike McCarthy had lost the locker room, and he equivocated and dissembled. And he could have said no. And if he felt like the answer was no, he would have said, no, Mike McCarthy's our dude. He didn't say that. And Aaron Rodgers didn't say that. And that leads me to believe that this team had lost faith in Mike McCarthy. And so rather than take a guy where you know that's the case, and Mike is a smart enough guy to know when his players have tuned him out, rather than make him play out the string, rather than make him sit through these four games where all anyone wants to talk about it is his future, and is he going to be fired, and what, what does he think about it, and all of these rumors and all of these stories, you simply say, Mike, it's been a great run. We really appreciate everything you've done for this organization. I hope you understand that the best thing for both of us at this moment in time is for you to move on to your next opportunity and for us to move on with our next head coach. And I truly think that is the best for both teams. I think Mike McCarthy is going to have an Andy Reid-like second act. I think he's going to go to another team and do extremely well. He's a really good head coach. And I just hope that the fans who were so anxious to see him go remember everything he did for this team. And it's it's possible to do that while at the same time acknowledging that this team underperformed a little too often at times, that they did spoil some of Aaron Rodgers' prime. Now, not all of that is Mike McCarthy's fault. I think Ted Thompson has a role to play in all of this and his unwillingness to bring in free agent players, some of the, the draft classes that, that seem like pretty big misses. 2017 is not looking the, the greatest. Kevin King can't stay on the field. Josh Jones, we don't know if he is good. 2016, I mean, some of these recent drafts, like some of the classes are entire write-offs. Even, even in 2017, when you had Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, if you miss on your top two picks, that's a pretty big problem. And I don't think Josh Jones is a miss-miss. But he's not a second-round pick player right now. And maybe a new defense will change that. I'm dubious. I think Mike Pettin is still a really good coach. And we can talk about the options that Green Bay has where Mike Pettin can stay on as defensive coach. I think there are good options in that regard. And I think the team should effort that. I think they should they should want to keep Mike Pettin. I hope that that the defense can get healthy and they can play better these last few games as a, as a healthier unit. I hope they continue to play with some energy and some verve because that is what has really been different about this defense this season. And it's why so many fans want Mike Patton to stay as the defensive coach of this team. That's just going to have to be one of those questions that this team answers going into the offseason. And there are suddenly a lot of them. Because there is no guarantee the next Packers head coach, and this was, the, this was the point of the piece that I wrote for Acme Packing Company, there is no promise. There is no guarantee that the next Packers head coach is not a Ray Rhodes situation. There is no guarantee the next coach is better than Mike McCarthy. And, and one of the reasons 
you know, aside from everything else, is that Mike McCarthy was a good coach. It was it was a situational issue with that that was multifaceted. It was nuanced. The, the the disconnect with Aaron Rodgers played a big role, and this was a move that the team had to make. But there is no guarantee, even if they they hire Josh McDaniels, who I think is their best option and who I think is a really good option. I think it's it's a move that could make this team a lot better. There is no guarantee that it will be better. And that is the risk this team took. And the reason they took it now was to say this type of structural failure from top to bottom of this coaching staff of this season is on Mike McCarthy above all else. Because it can't be on Brian Gutekunst. It's not really his roster. So the next highest level person is Mike McCarthy. And clearly... This team is no longer fighting for Mike McCarthy. You can't lose to the worst team in football at home. For the first time, the first time the Packers have lost at home to the Cardinals since 1949. They weren't even the Arizona Cardinals then. That's why you make this move now, to send a message to your franchise, not just your players, everyone in the front office, all of the coaches, some who may be retained, some who won't be, the scouting staff, the the training staff, everyone to say, When we set expectations at the beginning of the year or whenever they do that and they're not met, there are consequences for those expectations not being met and not just not meeting them, but coming up so woefully short and doing it in such an embarrassing way that this franchise decided they can no longer abide your presence. That is a serious failing. It is on Mike McCarthy and everything nice that I said about Mike McCarthy. I mean, this is a guy who has a street named after him in Green Bay and and deserves it. He came up short. And this is not a move teams make. The only other Super Bowl head coach who won a Super Bowl and then didn't finish a season at any time with that team later. It happened 40 years ago. So in modern football, this is pretty close to unprecedented. But that that is the magnitude of this failing from Mike McCarthy. And that is not to say that he can't go succeed elsewhere. I do still think he can. It just wasn't going to be in Green Bay with this team. So this was the unfortunate part about what happened um, from our standpoint, from the show's standpoint, is the, the Locked on Packers fan hotline, which you can you can hit up anytime, 920-341-3775, is that I got a ton of postgame comments about Mike McCarthy and then didn't get that many once he was fired. And I don't know if a lot of people just missed it, if they tuned out, you know, if they went to go spend some time with their family and weren't on Twitter, which God bless you if you did. But so I did want to get, there were some questions that I wanted to get to. So let's talk about some of these questions. Some of them focus on Rogers. Hello, Peter. What's happening? Like this one from Casey in Alaska. Well, what do you make of Rogers' attitude today? Wouldn't know they were losing and playing poorly by the smiles on the field. It's a welcome sight in my book, but what caused it? Word from Murphy is that McCarthy is out. Obviously, we know that he is. Or that article that released a few days ago. So basically, Casey is asking if, if Rodgers was playing a little bit looser because he thought or knew McCarthy was gone. I don't think that's the case. I think what the reason Aaron Rodgers is able to act that way is 
his legacy is secure. He's going to go down as one of the greatest to ever do it. Two MVPs, a Super Bowl ring. And I think he knew this season was going to be a struggle with all of these rookies, with, with everything that's going on. And so you're frustrated to a point. And then you realize, okay, I, being frustrated is not going to help me. You just have to sort of laugh some of this stuff off. You're at home against a team you should beat and it, things aren't working. And at a certain point, I think you just realize this is this is just not going to work. And so I just have to smile about it. And I'm, I'm going to grit my teeth and bear it. And I just, I have to put on a strong face for everyone else because these rookies, they need the work and they need to keep going. And these offensive linemen, they need the work and they need to keep going. And Aaron Jones, you know, he need, he still needs to work. Devontae Adams, who's one of the best receivers in football, there's no question about it at this point. He needs to see his quarterback not be frustrated so that they don't get down on themselves. It's what being a good leader is. And I think a lot of fans, they get they get frustrated because they don't see Rodgers frustrated enough. And part of playing the quarterback position is being calm so your team can stay calm. It's being calm so everyone else around you doesn't get worked up, doesn't get flustered. And every once in a while, you need to blow up. Every once in a while, you need to light into someone. Every once in a while, you need to get in someone's ass about what's going on on the football field. And, and we show... And we see Tom Brady doing it on the sidelines, but he doesn't do it every game. He's not out there every week. And, and you know one of the reasons why? Because the Patriots win a lot. So what does he have to be mad about? We remember it when they lose because it's so infrequent that they lose. And so when he's, when he's on guys on the sidelines, pissed off or fired up, we go, oh, there's Tom Brady doing Tom Brady stuff. Well, what about the other 11, 12 games of the, of the year where they win and they win by 20 because the Jets and the Dolphins and the Bills are, are dog teams? That stuff doesn't get remembered. So I, I don't think that's that's really the problem. Uh, but, but that is something that I think a lot of fans have wondered about, including Brad from Mount Pleasant. He says, hey, Peter, what's happening? Hello, Peter. What's happening? When Brady is on the sideline, he's constantly looking at pictures and coverages. Rodgers, as of late, has looked disengaged. Will an offensive guru want to come to Green Bay and work with a star quarterback who doesn't want to be coached? I think there is some recency bias in that. I also think that that Aaron Rodgers has said unequivocally that he wants to be coached. After 2015, he said, I want to be coached. I want to get better. I want to, I want to constantly be growing, and he holds himself to a high standard. What happened here, and I've said this all season and going back to last season even at times, Rodgers is no longer engaged with what Mike McCarthy is doing. He's not stimulated by it. He is the kind of player who needs to be engaged intellectually because he thinks the game in such a unique way and at such a high level. He needs to be challenged. And I don't just mean like, hey, you're wrong. I mean, let's let's give you something that is going to make you think differently. And Mike McCarthy, one of the problems, one of the reasons why this offense hasn't been able to recapture some of the stuff that it was doing in 2014 is they haven't given those new looks. And they haven't given Rodgers new things to think about. 
And you can say, oh, Mike McCarthy has borrowed from Sean McVay and they've done some cool stuff. That's true. They have revamped the playbook to some degree, but the play calling is still bad. Aaron Rodgers has lost confidence in the play calls. And I think with good reason. And he is on the sideline looking at film. He is on the sideline going over plays. The cameras just like to show him on the sideline angry because that makes for better TV when the Packers are losing. In a season where he's struggled, it makes more sense to show him on the sidelines. This is a narrative thing. Upset rather than grinding, talking to his teammates because there have been plenty of times where you see him with his arm around a receiver explaining something or talking to Devontae Adams about coverages or routes Aaron Jones has told stories about feeling empowered by Rodgers. I don't think the leadership there is is wonky. If anything, I think he's taken a step forward as a leader because this is the first time in his career that he's dealing with an offense of a lot of young, new players. And he is this, this pillar of strength. Because you go back to those early, those early Mike McCarthy, Aaron Rodgers teams, Donald Driver, Greg Jennings, Ryan Grant, that offensive line, Josh Sitton, TJ Lang. Rodgers was not the grizzled vet. But over the last few years, that started to change. But even last year, you still have Jordy Nelson. You still have Randall Cobb. You have guys that know this offense. Jari Evans is a veteran. You you go into this season now and you have three rookie receivers in your top four because of injuries. You've got a new right guard. You've got young running backs who don't always know what to do and where to go. That leadership looks different. When you're the the veteran quarterback, you're talking to those players in a different kind of way, in a different tone of voice, in in a different leadership style. Rodgers is, is having to learn that and do that on the fly while also trying to win football games. And so I don't, I don't have a problem with the way that he's conducting himself on the sidelines, in practice, post-game interviews. Everything to me says he is doing what he needs to be doing. And that dovetails with this question. Hey, Peter, what's happening? Hello, Peter. What's happening? It's Brad from Mount Pleasant, Michigan. I saw very little effort out there today, least of which from Rogers. Did this team go out there to get the coach fired? I don't think so. I mean, it's really hard for me to imagine competitive guys, especially guys like Rodgers, who just hate to lose. This is the worst team in the league. You're not going to go out there and throw a game to get your coach fired. Your coach was probably already going to get fired. But when you're out there and you don't believe in the plan, you don't believe in the coach, and you don't believe in the scheme, you're not going to play with a lot of juice. And that's what this team did. It's what this team has done all season. It's why they can't get into a rhythm. It's why they can't put any kind of momentum together. They can't put drives together because they don't believe in the plan. And that starts with Aaron Rodgers not believing in the plan. And so you can say Aaron Rodgers got Mike McCarthy fired. And that is true in this way. It's not that he called Mark Murphy and said, I think McCarthy should be out. It's that it's so clear at this point that Rodgers no longer believes in Mike McCarthy that it's more important that the Packers have a coach that Rodgers believes in than it is to have Mike McCarthy as the coach. Because Rodgers is the straw that stirs the drink. And there's no question about that. We can be unequivocal about that. And so that's what needed to change. 
They need to find a coach that can get Rodgers back and focused. And it's not that he didn't want to win. He did. It's not really a focus issue so much as uh, an engagement issue. Rodgers was not engaged and not confident. And let let me emphasize confident. Not confident in his receivers because they're not consistently where they need to be. It's hard to blame him after seeing a lot of the plays that were not made on Sunday where receivers were just flat out dropping balls. Rodgers missed a throw or two, but I mean some just flat cold drops. And no confidence in the coach's ability to help him or the receivers out. So that leads us to where we are now in the most consequential offseason of the last decade and probably since 2008 when Green Bay decided Aaron Rodgers was the franchise and Brett Favre wasn't. This is the biggest move of the last 10 years and they have to get this new call right. They have to get this coach right because if they don't, they will guarantee basically, spoiling the the twilight of Aaron Rodgers' career. And I don't think he's washed. The Packers don't think he's washed. This is not a blow-it-up situation. This is not a trade Rodgers for pick situation. Give me a break. But this is a situation where Green Bay absolutely has to get this higher right. Luckily, they have the most appealing job on the market because they have Aaron Rodgers. They have a strong fan base that loves them and will and wants to desperately wants to win a stable front office situation and and cap space and draft picks. I mean this is this is the the situation you want as a head coach. You could come in and win the Super Bowl next year with the right tweaks and the right personnel upgrades. Seriously, it wouldn't take that much more. That is an ideal situation for the next coach and that is the man or woman, whoever it is, Green Bay absolutely has to go find. That is a huge decision that comes with major risks, but maybe that means taking a little extra risk to find that guy, to get it to pay off in the way that it has for a couple other teams in the league of late because they cannot afford, and not just because Aaron Rodgers is the highest paid player in the league, but they cannot afford to squander the next few years of this team. All right, I know we didn't get a lot of time to talk about Packers-Cardinals. I have a feeling no one really wants to talk about this game. Uh, There's just too much to talk about moving forward because Joe Philbin is going to give an introductory press conference later today, depending on when you're listening to this. So is Mark Murphy going to talk about uh, the the process of firing Mike McCarthy. Apparently, this was a decision made in conjunction with Brian Gutekunst, which says that he'll probably have say in who the next head coach is, which is a really smart plan for this team. How does this front office structure play into who the next coach is going to be and why it would be an appealing situation for them? There's so much to talk about. There are still four games left. We are still going to talk about those two, but I think we need to find time to further break down what's going on with this team, what the future looks like. I think the Cardinals game is one of those games you just burn the tape and move on. So most of what we've had to discuss, we've discussed. Let's move forward. Let's try and stack some of our own success and focus on what this team needs to do down the stretch to gain some momentum going into this offseason to put themselves in the best position to make sure what happened in 2018 does not happen again in 2019. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook where all of our podcasts are posted. 
Remember, subscribe on iTunes. Leave a review. Let other people know why you like this show. Let's let's broaden our community, the Locked On Packers community. We continue to grow, and I love that. And and let's find ways to stay engaged. Let's find ways to to not be like this Packers team. Let's play with a little bit of heart. Let's play with a little bit of juice. Let's stay engaged with what's going on with the Packers because this is so crucial. What's going to happen in the next few weeks is going to set this team on a course that is absolutely monumental in the in the future of this franchise, and we're going to be here to talk about it every day. So stay locked on. I know you will. Hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, 920 920- 3413775 and give me a reason. Give me a player you're watching, a free agent you want this team to sign, a coach that you have in your sights. Anything that helps you stay locked on Packers.